0: chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Peter is saying that God provides us a great mercy in a sure salvation. I want to bring you good news today, some encouragement in the middle of all that we are experiencing, and a message of good news that will hopefully also help us focus. So today, there is so much that is going on, so many things that are unique from anything you have probably ever seen in your life um, tragically we have seen more death from the coronavirus than we have seen in our lifetime we've seen more financial challenges than we have seen in our lifetime we have seen more civil unrest than we have seen in our lifetime and you may be feeling stressed from uncertainty um it, it's Stress a lot of times um, underneath the surface in a subconscious way uh, affects us. It affects us with physical symptoms. It affects us uh, with our mental energy, with our emotional energy. We go through the week feeling like every conversation and every day is at a higher stakes than it was before. And stress around uncertainty can be a part of what we're experiencing right now. And it's important to be honest about that so that we can um, process it, deal with it. Uh, You may also be feeling bad for good reasons, Uh, and maybe you're feeling bad for bad reasons. Uh, You know, it it, uh, there's a diagram floating around social media in Baltimore this week that I thought was interesting, and just trying to identify what what am I thinking, what am I feeling about all that's going on. You see it on the screen here. Uh, We have people that are uh, feeling um, outraged by uh, police brutality, Uh, people that are worried uh, about a second wave of uh, the coronavirus, Um, people that um, go the whole gamut of emotions, saddened by the riots, proud of peaceful protests, uh, wanting to be open-minded and to raise good humans and our children uh, and find ourselves completely against hate and racism, but also trying to be prayerful and to hear from God, even though we're feeling frustrated and we want to support good cops, but we also uh, know why we need to say that black lives matter. And, you know, it occurs to me, we were talking recently about how Jesus calls us to um, love our neighbor in the same way that we take care of ourselves. And in a two-mile circle around us, uh, two out of three people are African-American and most of them are uh, ladies. And so black women are actually most of our neighbors. And I thought that this picture um, also kind of summarized some of the things that have been felt lately. We said black lives matter, never said only black lives matter. We know all lives matter. We just need your help for black lives are in danger. We are experiencing um, traumatic days that are painful and if we are in a state of being healthy you know, mentally and emotionally, we're going to be experiencing the pain and um, compassion for our fellow neighbors. And so these emotions and these thoughts um, are relevant. And it's a different kind of suffering than the believers uh, that we're suffering Peter writes to. Peter writes uh, this letter to believers who are being persecuted for their faith. They're being beat up. They're being thrown in jail. They're being killed for their faith in Jesus. And that is very different than what we are experiencing here in America right now. But I actually find in this first chapter of Peter's letter, a number of things that are relevant to what we are experiencing and what we are seeing and what we are feeling. And so I want to bring you some good news and to help us focus. So let's take a look at um, a little bit more of, of this uh, chapter 1 of 1 Peter. So 1 Peter chapter 1. And I want to just go ahead and start in verse 3 again and read through verse 9. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And is by his great mercy we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him, even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him, and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. And this is relevant to us because Peter is writing to believers who had not seen Jesus with their own eyes like Peter had. Peter had seen Jesus with his own eyes. He had heard him with his own ears. And he's writing to them while they're going through difficulty, while they're, they are in suffering. But he's reminding them that through Jesus there is salvation. Now, let's make sure we don't avoid uh, the simple truth that is so very important um, about salvation. What do we see? John three sixteen and 17, um, Jesus explains it. God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life for God did not send his son to condemn the world but that through him it might be saved if you are out there right now and you are listening to me and you don't know Jesus as your personal savior maybe you know a lot about uh, so called Christianity in the Bible Maybe, maybe you don't know anything about it but either way you have not yet made a decision to trust that Jesus is your way to salvation, you've not yet experienced the fact that you can confess where you have been wrong and receive salvation through faith in Jesus, right now can be your moment. It's as simple as praying and talking to God conversationally and saying, hey, this is where I have been wrong. I've made my mistakes. Please forgive me. Please don't punish me the way that I deserve. Please allow me your grace, which I don't deserve. I believe that Jesus is the way to salvation. I'm going to change my life from living for myself. I want to love you. I want to serve you. Um, so let me pray with you right now. If, if that's you and that's in, in where you're at Uh, feel free to repeat a simple prayer after me. Everyone else uh, agree with me, uh, and let's pray for them, and we want to make ourselves available to help them. So if you want to pray this prayer, feel free to just repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I confess my sins. Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life. Be my Lord, be my Savior. I turn away from the past, and I turn to you. Thank you. Amen. We, we are praying for you. We love you. We care about you. We would love to send you a Bible or book, uh, some different resources to help you. So if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, please reach out to us. Please let us know. Uh, this good news... That we are talking about is explained a little bit more here in verses 21 through 23. In verse 21, it says, Through Christ, you have come to trust in God. You have placed your faith and hope in God because He raised Christ from the dead and gave Him great glory. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart, for you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever, because it comes from the eternal living word of God. Through salvation, you've been made clean from your mistakes. You don't need to carry around your guilt. You don't, you're not needing to be identified by that anymore. You're made clean. You're made new. You're given new spiritual life. And it is in heaven in eternity. And what Peter's already written about here is that one day Jesus will return. Jesus will be glorified. Every knee will bow to worship Jesus. And we will be, um, as believers, we will brought into this heavenly living with God, no more pain, no more suffering, no more anxiety, no more uncertainty, no more disease, no more death. There will be reason for joy. We will have been brought into a complete and total place of healthy, right relationship with God and other people. We will experience unbelievable peace. We will experience joy. And that's a part of what salvation means. It's a a part of what salvation is talking about. This gives us hope even in the face of everything that we are facing right now. And I know that it might seem strange, but in this letter Peter writes about the fact that Jesus that there was that Jesus suffered and that there was purpose in the pain of his suffering. There was purpose in the pain. And Peter's also writing about the fact that in our current pain, God can bring about purpose. It's the same that is true for us today. And in the current events and challenges we're facing, I'm asking, what are the opportunities that God is preparing us for? What are those opportunities? Now, We've got to be real about the state of the broken world around us if we're going to recognize challenges as opportunities. And this past week in watching the movie uh, Just Mercy about the life of Bryan Stevenson, um, I was inspired for a number of reasons. Um, But I thought there were some really interesting relevant quotes there. He said, hope allows us to push forward even when the truth is distorted by people in power. And what he was giving his life specifically to were helping people that had been wrongfully convicted of crimes they had not committed help them to be released from prison. And what we saw is that for every nine people who have been executed in the U.S., one person on death row has been proven innocent and released. That's a shocking rate of error. If we're going to change our nation, for the good of all people in general and for the good of people who have not received justice in particular, he said, we need conviction in our hearts. His uh, co-worker, Captain America, or rather uh, Brie Larson who played his co-worker said, when your family is hurting, you are hurting. This is a, a reflection of the kind of compassion that Jesus had in entering into the suffering of others. And people who call themselves Christians have been directed by Jesus to love your neighbor in the same way you take care of yourself. It's what we are called to do. But we are going to quickly have compassion fatigue if we try to do this without salvation and if we try to do this without digging deep into understanding our salvation and to being reminded about it. So I want you to be encouraged today. Listen, I don't yet know what we can do about the problems in our streets, our systems, our laws, uh, the extreme poverty of our city here in Baltimore, where in a number of neighborhoods, there's double the national average of people who live in extreme poverty. I don't yet know what we're gonna do about uh, heroin addiction and the revenge killing that's seen by our neighbors. But I do know that we have already been active in the opportunities that God has given us We are loving our neighbors by listening to them and learning about their lives, most of whom are African-Americans by majority and many of whom are in need. And I'm proud of, of, of Ben and Leah who getting to know neighbors and listening to them and loving on them and serving them. I'm proud of many of you that do that work in loving on our neighbors. Uh, We are caring for our neighbors by providing boxes of healthy food two times a month. Baltimore, before COVID-19 and financial instability, was already in a place of having food deserts where there isn't healthy food available. Here we are as a church providing most of the funding, most of the volunteers, giving away boxes of groceries and produce and fruit, healthy food for people in need. So I don't know what we're going to do about some of the things that are broken, but I do know that we already are making a difference to people who are in need, most of whom um, are African-American people in financial need. I do know that we have teachers in our church who are helping address the inequality in our education system. I'm so inspired by Um, Chris and Abby and Ben Waybright and and all of our teachers that have worked so hard in making a difference in our school system and even our parents that work in different advocacy ways to try to help address that challenge. I do know that we have medical workers working on the front line of coronavirus. I do know that we have um, a recovery ministry that is helping people find their longest stretches of sobriety and freedom from addiction. I do know that we have Celebrate Recovery Ministries in prisons where we are supporting people who are incarcerated that would not otherwise be receiving that support. We're helping them in getting free from addiction. We help them in transitions as they're released from prison. I do know that we as a church have provided clothing for people who needed it I do know that we are already responding to the call of Jesus to humbly serve people in need. I do know that at every moment our churches give to someone who is hurting is meaningful. Every moment is meaningful. Sure, there are things that we don't yet know, but I do know that that is true. And I know that God has given us an opportunity to work together as a church alongside other churches and agencies and businesses and nonprofits and organizations to make significant positive change for our neighbors who are in need. I know that we are already at work in those ways because We have been saved because God has given us great mercy. The good news of Jesus offers us grace and calls us to love God and care for our neighbors in the same way we care for ourselves. God is alive, aware, able, and active, so we should be aware of the contrast between our broken world and the implications of God's truth, we should be willing to acknowledge where we are today, accountable for it and active in solutions. I really have appreciated the book, Woke Church by Reverend Dr. Eric Mason, the pastor from Philadelphia. And I thought it was very important, the distinction he made when he said this, when Christians spend time arguing about what's going on in the public square and not engaging it, we miss redemptive opportunities. Here we are facing maybe more in the way of tragedy than we have ever seen in our lifetime and challenges that are beyond what we have seen in our lifetime. And yet I want us to open our spiritual eyes and be asking, what are the opportunities that God is preparing us for? Like we heard last Sunday from Pastor George. It is God who uses people who he restores to bring restoration. It's a powerful principle. The good news of Jesus includes a living God who is at work. I loved how Eric Mason identified God at work making right what is wrong. The reality, as he noted, more than half of the books in the Old Testament speak of righteous justice as an attribute of God and a responsibility of his people. This is linked to God's desire that all people experience his peace as that shalom peace. Remember, a universal flourishing wholeness and delight. To this unbelievable season of the past three three months between coronavirus and civil unrest and tragedy around police brutality, the call for reform, uh, financial instability, everything else that's been going on, we've been learning some important lessons. Life is valuable. God has given, every one of us, God has given human life value. We should love the people in our lives. God's value system includes us caring for others. We've also learned that the ability to spend time with people is valuable. This physical distancing is so hard. And, and, and spending time with people face to face, it's valuable. Uh, we've also learned we should be considerate of people, listening in an effort to learn about them. Maybe then we will have an opportunity to be truly helpful. So I want to come back to 1 Peter and his words about this great mercy that God has given us, this salvation, this picture that he paints, that, hey, even though you're suffering right now, even though that you're going through a trial right now, that God has a purpose. God is going to bring opportunities. And what we do know is that heaven is our home. Jesus is our Savior. It is done, it is sure, it is set. it is not something we should be insecure about at all. It is going to happen. God is going to bring about that perfect peace on that day when Jesus returns, and that there is that glory is before us, even though we may now be experiencing pain and suffering. I want to go back to first uh, Peter chapter one for us to just kind of consider in a practical way, okay, how do we respond? to this great mercy that God has given us, this sure salvation. Well, first, um, I, I think, you know, and I hope this has been comforting and encouraging to you, uh, but practically, it's important for us to think clearly and exercise self-control. So number one, think clearly and exercise self-control. Pastor Ben, where are you getting this from? Well, let's go back to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. So prepare your minds for action. And exercise self-control. In Just Mercy, the movie, talked about that. We can't change the world only with ideas. We also need to have conviction in our hearts. Prepare your minds for action. Exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus is revealed to the world. Talking about that fulfillment, that ultimate fulfillment of the salvation we've tasted now when Jesus returns. Verse 14, so you must live as God's obedience, obedient children. Don't flip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires you didn't know any better then. Now, that would be point two. We should follow God's guidance. If God has given us life, then God is has valuable guidance for us and we should follow it. And that's a part of what he's saying there. Be God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old way of living, which was living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better back then. God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. That's what he says in verse 18. Um, so when we live for ourselves, it's empty. It's empty. There's, there's nothing more to it. Um, man, I definitely found that to be true in my life. When I was living me first, when I was living to please myself before anything else, where that was, at the end of the day, the most valuable thing, there was no fulfillment in it. There was no joy. There was no ultimate peace. They, they just... Guilt would just hang around and, and, and I found um, that my mistakes brought separation between me and other people and between me and God and, and, and self-medicating pain turned into self-destructive habits and, and what Peter is saying here is that Jesus has freed us from that we can through Jesus be free from that not compelled to repeat it over and over, not compelled to go back to it and go back to it. But we can experience this great mercy, this sure salvation, this life. We can be cleansed from our sin, made free from our tendencies. But we do got to make a decision to think clearly, exercise self-control, follow God's guidance. And then from there, really, simply what we see going back to verse 22, uh, show love to others. He says this, you were cleansed, From your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show love, sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. Listen, there is value in every moment that you have in your relationship with God and then your relationship with other people. When I draw strength from this salvation, this new life that I get in God, I have this opportunity to share that love with other people. And that brings fulfillment. That brings fulfillment to me. And it means that regardless of the challenges that I might face, some of us are facing challenges of moving into a new house, trying to find a new house. Some of us are experiencing medical problems. Some of us are experiencing financial problems. Some of us are experiencing, um, uh, we, we've had people that have lost people to coronavirus. We have people in different kinds of life challenges. Whatever the challenge that we are facing, wherever the pain is, God is with us. God loves us. God has shown us a great mercy and a sure salvation. It's a done deal. Heaven is our home. We receive Jesus. We follow God. We receive that cleansing and that strength. It should be the thing that we are thinking about the most, the thing we value the most, the thing that we are the most excited to share with other people. God loves you. He cares about you. Receive his love. Receive his love for all that it means to you. And, and let's respond with, Thinking clearly, exercising self-control, following God's guidance for life, not living to please ourselves anymore, and showing the love of God to others. We can respond in this way. Let me pray for you today. God, every one of us is at a different place of experience with all that's going on around us. And Lord, we need you. We need draw life from you I ask that you would help us Lord to receive salvation to follow you your guidance every word that you would have to say to us help us to remove any obstacle to it any distraction to it Lord that we would receive your love be thankful for your love and to share your love with other people help us God to see clearly your guidance, to be at peace because of your love and to share with others. I thank you for it today, God, in the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, thank you so much for participating with this today. I would encourage you again, remember this video will be on our Facebook page and our YouTube page, available for you to share, as well as the past Sundays. If you had to miss one, go back and check it out. It's available at those places, and also sunnyharborchurch.com slash messages. uh, Along with the notes, you can stream it, you can download it, you can take it anywhere with you. If God's done the best thing for you, share some love with somebody else. Hey, you know, I was reminded this week that at the beginning of this letter, Peter echoed the writings of Paul uh, with this phrase, grace and peace to you. Have a great week.